New Media, brought to you by Umbrella. Oh, hello and welcome to another edition of a podcast on U Media, brought to you by Umbrella and a fantastic morning here in Auckland today. I'm joined by Scott Arrell from NZ Hit. Morning, Scott. Good morning. Yeah, it is a fantastic day. It's I have beautiful. To agree. It's beautiful. Hey? It feels like um, summer kind of never really dying. It's kind of in and out and in and out. Definitely more of a chill in the air. Eh? The second the clocks went back a few days ago, real, real chill kicked in in the air. Um, and we've got the pleasure of Scott's attendance in the Umbrella HQ for the next um, 20 minutes, half an hour or so before he goes back to to running the organisation NZ NZ Hit. Um, and we've been trying to get Scott in for a, for a while. We've been working with the health vertical and a lot of your um, members and, and clients for um, the past couple of years. And actually, we joined the NZ Hit organisation about maybe two or three months. Months ago, yeah, three months ago. Let's go, yeah, and uh, for a specific reason, because when we met Scott at the uh, Health Informatics Conference um, uh, late last year, we really bought into the work that they were doing. We thought it'd be a great thing for you to come in and talk a bit more about the great work that NZ Hit does. So, uh, maybe give us an overview of um, of yourself, Scott, and um, your relationship with NZ Hit and how that whole came to came to being. Okay, yeah, well, just a bit about me. I think uh, I've been in the health sector for eighteen plus years, and my I'm not a a techie. I don't have a technical background. My my experiences in healthcare delivery management, uh, particularly in aged care and home-based care and, and some community care. And so uh, I, I often say my last real job was, was with a crowd called Healthcare New Zealand and I ran their right. community services division, uh, which was the largest home-based care provider in the country. So I sort of I started this role about five years ago. So at a time when um, the organisation as such, and we, it was formed and still is officially known as the New Zealand Health IT Cluster Incorporated, and um, but was typically called the cluster. And so when I arrived on the scene about five years ago, the cluster had sort of become quite uh, siloed and in, in, in the way that it approached the health sector, quite quite narrow, I guess, because it was all about IT. And uh, got it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So then I, uh, so not having an IT background, but a care delivery background, um, particularly in a, like home based care, it's kind of real pointy, pointy ended stuff that with uh, that's where the rubber meets the road when you're mm. looking after people in their own homes. And um, so I was able to sort of uh, come in and, and reframe just really what the organisation is about and what it stands for and therefore what the members um, need to be focusing on. So uh, rather than it being all about software, um, health is still about people doing great stuff with other people. And um, software or digital, digital technology, um, back then, five years ago, but in increasingly so, um, has just become ubiquitous across the health sector as an enabler. So right. enabler of healthcare delivery. Mm -hmm. and so uh, what, you, what change have you seen? So the, the moment that you landed in the NZ Hit organisation, like you, you refer to it as there was probably more of a legacy mindset or a traditional mindset within the organisation at that time. What's the, been the main change that you've seen over mm -hmm. your tenure at the, in the organisation? Mm -hmm. I think one of the, the strategies that, that I put in place at the time was to effectively drop the clustering strategy that had been in place for um well we were formed in 2002 so we've now been in right. in uh in play for 16 years so so five years ago we said okay the clustering had worked up to that point uh the health sector was changing uh so we we effectively dropped the cluster strategy and then rebuilt the organization on what i call a network model so really saying hey we're a network of, of people with a with a uh, common uh, interests and uh, however we've got to understand what's going on in the health sector so our network 
it needs to engage with other networks and and sort of exponentially become much more influential and relevant. Yeah, the network effect. Yeah, yeah the network effect. And how effect. does that shape the organisation today in terms of its size, structure, mm. and the, the amount of members that you've got? Yeah, it changed significantly because I, I referred to that sort of narrow kind of software or IT focus back then. Um, membership was sort of in the mid-60s and, and to be honest, dropping. Organisations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So mem our membership is organisations. Uh, we're now 148 as of today, um, members, member organisations, and that's uh, uh, and, and the, the face of, of uh, memberships changed during that time. So we, uh, the 65 or so uh, five years ago, were majority were IT vendors. As, as they would be referred to. And uh, now about 75% of our 148 would fit into that category. Uh, th that it's Even though 75%, kind of, there's a change in that there's, uh, there's mostly for-profit, but there's some not-for-profit in, in that grouping. Um, and we've got obviously a range of the larger players right through the mid-size and then a longish tail of, of smaller operators. Mm -hmm. Um, and we've seen in that period the, you know, the emerging tech, sort of um, innovators, entrepreneurs finding a, a niche um, yep. solution that they've been able to develop, yep. and then they get they get their uh, dip their toe in the water, as I often say, and yep. and then then they they start to get some business and off they go. Yeah, and, and that's yeah. evident from even I, mean, I think Stephen from CeeLo is part of your mm, board structure, yes. and he's yeah. a, he, he's um, yeah. that. That startup approach. Um, yeah. So, for CeeLo is kind of a, a WhatsApp communication platform for, for health. And we've mm. met with Stephen mm. a, a few times um, and have seen him around the traps at um, health informatics yeah. as well. And for him to have, and for that business to have that whole network effect yeah. to be able to start off the, the business mm. and be able to support that, I think is. Is, is mm. great. So the other twenty five percent that's uh, made up of the yeah. almost the consumers of the technology. Yeah, correct. Uh, and they're sort of um, healthcare providers. And uh, I've purposely bought into the membership, you know, uh, from sectors or members into into the organisation of the network. Uh, they kind of represent quite significant parts of the sector where there's where there's growth and uh, and also by dint of where they're operating there's also quite quite a lot of problems so yep. so bringing really the provider of care or the policy makers i.e sort of government departments and and uh, th that side of things plus funders sort of brought them into the network so then then we're saying hey if there's a problem then how do we work together to, to come up with a solution um as opposed to it, it did tend to be a bit more along the lines of um software developers Kind of uh, creating the solution, right. and then and then look for the problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we've kind of flipped that around, and then right. uh, and so then the network effect sort of works then because uh, you know we've got in that twenty five percent the there's uh, like Bupa, Ryman Healthcare, um, the and uh, Healthcare New Zealand, my old crowd, yep. and uh, yep. um, uh, lots of uh, Green Cross, for example. So in primary care and pharmacy, you know, quite significant player, and um, and then we've got. Uh, Southern Cross, NIB, insurance, so um, yeah, quite quite spread out now yep. that membership. So that that helps us then to say, um, you know, we, we understand better what's going on in the various parts of the sector. Yep. So we're and, and uh, you asked about how has that changed sort of the way we work and operate. The, I think what uh, one big area that's changed is there's far more um, sort of. Emphasis on collaboration and building relationships. So, so rather than a transactional approach, it's much more saying, um, you know, kind of like Kiwis get on best when they when they trust each other and have relationships, and then and then we can from there we start to have some good conversations. That yeah. common goal must be key mm. for that 
conversation. Yeah, and, that's right. And there's probably nothing more important globally than health when it mm. comes to having the common goal of having New Zealanders' best interest mm. at heart. Mm. And when you've got that common goal, I imagine that those conversations are quite easy to have as opposed to looking at pure profiteering or just a sales yes. conversation, which isn't ideal for anybody. Yes, that's most right. Of, most yeah. of the time. Yeah, and I used to experience it myself when I was in, in you know, a care provider. Um, you know, I'd have um, you know, IT coming to me wanting to sell me something. Yeah. And, and to be frank, um, back then, quite, quite often, they were solving about 80% of my problems, but they didn't really understand the other 20%, and the 20, that 20% was the hard parts. Yep. You know, so, and often what I would hear as a provider, and this is sort of what funders hear a lot, or used to hear a lot, is, hey, we've solved 80%, you, you just buy that, and then we'll work together to solve the other 20. Um, but really, you know, not because I didn't understand what the other 20% of the problem yep. were, they, that was really the hard stuff. Yeah, and the 80-20 the rule, well, rule, mm. none of it is a rule, but it comes <laughs> into quite play quite a lot because 20% of your effort takes 80% of the time. Yeah, that's a lot right. of the A lot of the time. So you actually, you, you need, forget about the 80%, I want the 20% mm. spent handling. That's right. Um, yeah. So and when you've got uh, software development houses or startups tackling niche problems within inside a vertical, that's when it really starts to mm. ring home. It's, it's fascinating, really, that... Um, when you see these startups, software development houses and uh, software startups coming into the, into the market, what they have is an answer. What they lack is the network mm. to be true, able to just true. get yeah. traction and get early adopters and to get the trust mm. built in because they're, they're coming from nowhere, yeah. right? Um, on the flip side, when you get a big software vendor, like multinational trying to answer niche problems, it very, very mm. rarely works. Mm. So I imagine that, they, that um, New Zealand startups are loving your, your network specifically in health yeah, we've seen, uh, that's been evidenced by the growth in membership in that area. Yeah, so we've had, uh, like you mentioned, Steve uh, Flock and yep. we've got Harry Hawkes now also an elected member on our board. Yep. And, you know, Web Tools Health, Health is a uh, relatively new startup based out of Christchurch, you yep. know, and, and again, very similar to Steve and Zillow, kind of finding a, a, a niche area where there's a particular problem and then and then working, um, you know, generally, the, uh, well, you have to work with a care provider whether that's you know say a, a home-based care provider or a DHB or mm -hmm. PHO it's finding a provider that of, of care and then saying um, identifying a, a problem and then mutually working um, to solve the problem yeah. that's 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 really what the yeah. sector is after now yeah. yeah so what are the hot topics that are happening inside of the network at the minute um, what buzzwords are being kicked around as things that are going to disrupt the health industry mm. what kind of mm. sense do you get from your your members about what's coming around the corner um, there's rather than disruption, you know, like the disruption words. Um, number one, it's 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 scary to the health sector. So you know, there's um, generally you know, by dint of training and and the work they do, clinicians are very cautious. So they take a cautious approach, and and also you know, having been around in the health sector for so long, you, you know, there there are lots of kind of, let's say dead bodies that have been left behind mm -hmm. through through attempts to disrupt. Um, not necessarily with technology, but just to restructure, restructure, right. restructure, and and people get knocked about, and they get very cautious about you know as soon as someone starts talking disruption, it's a it's a, it's a worry. And uh, so one of the things I've been you know, you know advocating for and working with members about is to say you know disruption generally happens when something from an external force you know is is used or comes into play. To change something within a, within a marketplace, um, or a market itself can can transform itself. So, or, you know, so so transformation generally is an internal 
generally driven thing, um, disruption tends to external, be an external yeah. thing. Yeah. So um, I'm seeing much more now an understanding of that. Say, well, yeah, there are parts of the sector, the health sector, that need to transform, and uh, we're also seeing a much a greater understanding that IT or software you know, can play its part, we, we, how that plays its part now. We, there was quite a, say five years ago, there was probably a disconnect there. There was, like, there was attempts to disrupt using software, they were missing the mark, um, and there was quite a, um, there wasn't really a collaborative approach uh, to, uh, across the sector. Um, so that's improved, it has, it's not perfect, but it's improved, and we're now seeing uh, digital, digital technologies, sort of, um, part of the early conversations and early planning that have been you know, brought into play, rather than saying, hey, we're gonna change the model of care, um, and then uh, let's try to find a piece of software that helps with that. Yeah. You know, saying, actually, the model of care needs to change, or we, we wanna adjust some the way we do some some things, then it, you know, it's a much earlier you know, bringing the, the digital component in. So, you know, and Celo is a good example, of saying, well, you know, uh, sending insecure messages you know, within say a hospital environment, you know, with, which rega with regards to patient record um, and privacy, you know, it's just a, it's a, it's a, it, it shouldn't be happening, but it happens. And uh, and so Steve's worked with with um, the care provider and say, okay, we can come up with a secure messaging system that isn't hard to use because one of the reasons is that some of them have been too hard to use. So so Steve's you know just found that niche there. Yep. Worked worked very collaboratively. Yep. And, and he's yep. taking consumer tech mm. and making it business tech. Mm. And that's the thing, Rick. So for, for those of you who aren't familiar with the CELO business business model, um, there was a, how could I call it, a improper use of, um, say, WhatsApp platforms for clinicians communicating, be it right or be it wrong. We'll assume that it's not mm. ideal for mm. clinicians to be sending you know messages about patients in that fashion. And he's taken that consumer tech and made it, made mm. it very business ready. Ultimately, you know, encrypted messages and part of patient records integration to PMS, integration to uh, administration systems. Uh, but we see it in every industry: the use of consumer, consumer tech, because that's what consumers mm. are used to. And we're yes. all, at the end of the day, we're all people; we're all consumers. And um, I think it's an inherent in our human nature to re remove waste from our own system. I will do the path of least resistance to get my get my job done because that's what ultimately I'm paid to do and actually I've got better things to be doing than messing around with clunky systems. Mm -hmm. That's right. So and it, I think it's up, as, up to us as business leaders to make sure we enable all of our employees in any mm -hmm. vertical with the best tech because mm. we're ultimately used to it, you know, used to it now. Uh, but the, you, raise, you raise a good point, the changing care model, and that's not something that an individual can do. That is a that is a, an industry-wide view of, okay, we've got to really change something before, mm. um, before it gets changed for us. And I know that um, talking about external forces, so Uber and now starting to look at Uber Health, as a whole, and um, pharmacies are being disrupted as well with on yes. online. And mm. I, I think the next five to ten years is going to be fascinating. Whether that whether we see a fundamental shift in the top tier suppliers or not, I'm I'm unsure because um, it does take it probably takes more of a government movement mm. than anything to kind of fully transform the health sector. That's right. Yeah. But as you know, that we're um, we're the um, cloud provider to uh, Mercy Ascot and Mercy mm. Radiology, Mercy Ascot Hospitals, and we work very closely with Lloyd McCann who. We consider him a very strong digital change maker in mm. the industry. Mm. Uh, he's the digital lead for HHL Healthcare Holdings. And uh, some of the concepts that he has, actually all of the concepts that he has, which are about re reducing waste within inside of the system, of which now we know a lot more about the, the healthcare system. 
inherent with waste. And uh, I think it's been amazing that if we can just start to get 10, 20% of the waste out of the system, mm. how much more efficient we can be as a, as a country at making New, New Zealanders a bit more healthy. Yeah. You know? Is that something you see as well in terms of um, the inherent waste in the healthcare system as a whole? Yeah, um, it, and it generally gets referred to as sort of inefficiencies and because yeah. uh, yeah, waste is an interesting word when it comes to the public health side of yeah. things. Yeah. And Lloyd and Ascot and HHL, very good example of within the private um, sector, you know, exactly, private yeah, healthcare right. sector, being able to um, identify where the issues are, move quite quickly. Yeah. Uh, they run their own procurement process, partner up, and off they go. You know, and and um, you know, it's kind of the public sector would probably look at that quite enviously. Yeah. Um, and it is one of the challenges that public sector have. And no matter who operates in it, I'm, I'm often saying to some of my my software mem members, look, you know, because they get a bit, bit upset because they might be involved in a procurement process that's going, you know, more than six months, sometimes more than twelve months, and and with digital, you know, that that's a lifetime. All oh, right, yeah. And and they're getting so frustrated, you know, and and a deal that seemed was first talked about being worth a million dollars, twelve months down the track, it's all been top sliced, and there's only half a million dollars. Yeah. You know? So it's very uh, very frustrating process for them. But I have also said, given my experience in the health sector, is don't take it personally. It's not about you. It's not about just that it's digital it, this is the process you know and i've experienced it when it's come to um rfps you know, you know requests for, for for proposals for even the home-based care delivery and you know it, it can take 12 months 12 months generally is a is a time frame that yep. these things take so um probably what yeah the the there's a the review panel that's having a look at the health and disability system now um, I think it quite clearly one of the things that will have to be addressed for New Zealand, when it particularly when it comes to how digital enables healthcare delivery, is is that there's there's this this um, tension really around the the method by which things are procured, uh, which doesn't really suit digital. Yeah. And and it's you know it, it might be fine if you're buying an X-ray machine, you know, and it's quite a quite a, a sort of a a precast type uh, procurement process, but when it comes to digital, if you don't, um, the other story is you know, our vendor is saying, uh, actually, in that six month period, we, we've changed things, we've upgraded, mm -hmm. we can actually offer you something different to what we first proposed, but the process doesn't allow the new version to be to be in play. It's like, you know, you proposed the first version, um, that's the one that we've got to we've got to yeah. procure. You know, very challenging for the sector. Yeah. Yes, no, and I, I do empathise with that. Mm. And, um, for those of you who work in the, the technical arena, you'll be familiar with a lot of organisations moving to a model of continuous improvement and mm. a, an agile yes. model of yes. delivery of work. And that does break every form of legal and procurement rule under yeah. the sun when it comes to traditionally procuring. We, mm. and As mm. a business right now, we don't offer... Um, our, our status quo contract is rolling by the contract for complex managed services because mm. that's how services are procured now. Yes, I mean obviously we enter into we enter, entered into a ten year relationship with Mercy, but under a you know under a five plus five contract, mm. the line principle being things will change all of the time. So therefore, any anything from fixed pricing just doesn't doesn't seem to work. So interesting to see how that will be approached over the next coming years. Mm. Ultimately, it's going to slow down the quality improvement of the quality of health of New Zealanders, which are, I can't imagine is palatable to, to anyone in the public sector or anyone in the private sector, no, no. Uh, you know, at all. That's right. Um, yeah, so what yeah, needs yeah. to change? I mean, how do you say the process is the process? So um, that, that if there is a process, it's defined by someone. What would what needs to change? Where does the influence need to be to, to move things forward? Yeah, well, 
there, there's quite there is actually a movement afoot. So the government, um, you, you know, over the last couple of years, but you know, just recently, you know, they're increasingly recognising not only in health. It's actually this is happening in other sectors. It's not just about health. Just released a um, business survey. Um, which we've, I've just flicked that out to our members to make sure that they, they take the opportunity to respond to it. Mm -hmm. So they're looking at what, what are the experiences uh, when it comes to the government procurement process. It doesn't matter you know, whether it's a um, Ministry of Education, Ministry of Health or district health boards. Um, so what's, the, what's your experience during a procurement process and, and what do you think could be done to change things? It's, uh, there, there is a body of thought around... Um, if a say a government department wants to um, procure some a digital solution, um, so creating a panel of say um, moving quite quickly to say actually well there's there's possibly twenty that could provide this, but there's really only three or four that would be in the running, mm -hmm. and identify them quite quickly and bring them around the table together. Basically, where the procurer will say well we'll give you you know x x thousand dollars it might be ten thousand mm dollars -hmm. each to go away and and create a prototype. Yeah. You know, then come back and you basically pitch it. So, you know, we'll do a dragon's den on you, yep. you know. And um, and you keep the 10,000, even if you don't don't go any further, that's fine. But it recognises that in order to, to create that prototype. Um, there's or, a cost or to, of sale. Yeah, there's a cost of sale there. And at the moment, what, we're, we're, what we do have is, you know, dra um, long drawn out procurement processes that cost everybody a lot of money. You know, the procurer, it's costing them a lot, which is... In, in public um, sector yep. case, it's the taxpayer. Um, the the proposer, um, it, it, it can be oh. thousands of dollars, uh, you know, yeah, of resources. If not, if, yeah. yeah, I mean, mm. it's, that's what I was going to raise, actually. It's a mm. very good point. And sm smaller businesses who are actually probably providing more of the digital value actually really struggle with that. They do. You know, time mm. to contract for, you know, 12, 18 months to mm. get to contract. Likelihood is that the business would have fundamentally changed. Yeah. And actually, would they, are we encouraging the right bidding behavior mm. to go actually you know this this company who probably has the right solution cannot be a part of this proposal yeah. because of the cost it's going to it's going to be to yeah. the amount of investment they need to make to mm. actually be, be in the mix yeah uh, that feels like a constraint mm. in, in 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 my eyes yeah but that's good to see that there's a at least a hypothesis of, um, mm. of how it can come yeah it is recognized as an yeah. issue and, and and mainly because not just about health it's it's recognized as a an issue in the way that government procures yep. and you know it's been a it's been a building issue for quite some time yep. and uh and it's a good thing you know uh, like if we could if we could get that solved to the best of it we could um th then you can have a layer of innovation start to happen yeah you know because if if an innovator say say again the silos of the world um and there's quite a few of them coming through now if they are continually chasing sort of uh, let's say a, this traditional method of procurement that just that just basically runs them into the ground yep. you know they don't have the the funds for it anyway Generally, the inventor, you know, the, yep. the, um, is the one that's doing all the work, and with probably roped in a couple of mates, yep. um, and they're just going crazy. You know, they're just yep. just their wheels are spinning, and uh, just because they want to get a deal, you know, um, and and what I'm more and more seeing now too is they're saying, um, hey, New Zealand's just getting too hard. I've got I've got started in New Zealand, um, my prototype's working, it's 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 proven, mm. and and they're skipping offshore quite quickly now. Right. You know, whereas in the past, you would probably, you'd want to kind of conquer the New Zealand market, yep. then you'd go offshore. But but now we're going, okay, we've got a little bit of a use case that we can point to. Yep. Um, now we're off to Australia because oh, here I we go. so as well. Yeah. I mean, when you look at the, the 
countries that have got far more, far more private markets mm. where the procurement mm. can be done in the way that the private sector do. That's right. Here. Yeah, yeah mm. you, you scale your business into the US, no problem. Yeah, that's You're right. Quite, quite easy. Yeah, a good example is a member called Arans Medical, um, yep. and they've developed over a period of time a wound management system called Silhouette. Fantastic system. Um, they, they're going gangbusters in the States because um, what it does is basically it creates a digital map of the wound. Um, and right. whether that's a, a, it could be a skin ulcer, and and wound management globally is a billion dollar right. business, you know, and uh, so and particularly in the states where we've got you know, um, say working with veteran affairs, with soldiers with wounds, right through to aged care where you know elderly people with skin ulcers and so forth, very difficult to 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 uh, manage and fix those, you know, uh, heal, you know, those types of uh, wounds. So so. They've got the system, maps it out digitally, and 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 it's quite simple to use for nurses, particularly mm -hmm. nursing staff, and and they can keep monitoring on a day by day, if they like, basis the progress or otherwise of the wound. Um, now, in the states, uh, one of the, the reasons it's really going well is because it, it's a fairly it's a litigious um, country, yep. you know. So if if something was to happen with a wound, and you know, worst case, say say an arm was amputated. Well then, someone's going to sue somebody, you yep. know. Um, so the ability to actually have this digital mapping process is fantastic. Yep. So for, all, for audit, yeah, yeah. Uh, imagine absolutely. Well, you know, well, audit's probably the more official word. But <laughs> yeah, the, the, yeah. the case history from yeah. periods of time, periods of time. Yeah, yeah amazing. But even that, but then that's kind of where um, it got started. But because there was a driver that made this piece, this solution really attractive. Yep. But then what? What's a course? The reason that. It, it was developed and uh, for was it is actually helping um, to to heal wounds. So it's helping the so it's an enabler of the of the care delivery. So the care delivery, right. the model of care is about healing a wound of, and trying to get people well again. Um, so here's a perfect enabler. So and very simple to use, and and you can map out you know over a period of time how how the treatment is going and uh, much more quickly than before. You could say, actually, we better intervene with some different treatment because this, this isn't going down the right path. Mm -hmm. So, so it's really using technology as it should, yep. you know. Now, coming back to New Zealand, um, Bruce Davy, Dr. Bruce Davy, who's the the founder and and managing director of uh, of Arans, based in Christchurch, proud, loyal Kiwi. He he probably could have picked up his operation and taken it to Texas, you know, where they. You know, yep. tax incentives, all sorts of write-offs, um, encouragement to headquarter in, in Dallas. Um, and he's told me this. Um, but his choice is to be headquartered in Christchurch. Um, he doesn't have a lot of his his system in operation in New Zealand. And one of the reasons is because we don't sue anybody if something happens to a wound. Um, we've got ACC, which is, yep. a, on one hand, is a very good thing. Um, uh, but on the other hand, um, there is no, that... There's no incentive because of the the model that operates that to have uh, a piece of software that's actually going to improve things um, uh, because the traditional model of care um, that's what's in play and that's what gets funded. Right. Uh, yeah. So he finds it quite frustrating. Yeah. 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 And I imagine there's a motive for change because ultimately, when the care model or the care mm. funding model in this instance mm. uh, changes, if it was to change, then it would then start up the next wave of software development, the next wave of, of problems mm. which would need to be solved, and the next wave of opportunity, right. which is yeah. just amazing. Now, hey, now just on that point, just traditionally, yep. sorry, yep. Um, the mo talking about models of care, um, there, there's, it typically takes, it, 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 it 
reduced from about 20 years, 20 to 22 years from when I, 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 I changed to the way that a, that care, a, a certain um, delivery of care was undertaken. Yep. So, so you know, traditionally, because you've got to research this stuff and you've got to, you've got to then evidence base it. You got to, you know, so if you're going to change the way that you, you know, say uh, deliver a drug or provide a drug, um, or or administer a, um, some sort of medication or care, um, it is it, it, it's gone from sort of twenty year twenty years before it changes uh, to about seventeen years, right. and it's reducing slowly to about fifteen years. I think over the last. Um, um, five years or so, it's gone from 17 years to 15 years. Um, so that uh, we immediately see a disconnect, and why some of this tension occurs because clinically, you've got to be, you got, you know, there is a, uh, a process around making sure that if we're dealing with people's health and and yep. and their lives, then it's you've got to make sure it's appropriate. Yeah, yep. um, got to have all the safeguards, and pe- and clinicians need to feel confident that what they're doing, and if it's changing, it's not going to be a worse change than it was before. And, of course, digital kind of gets frustrated with that, doesn't it? Because they say, well, actually, we, c- we can change this the way we operate and within days. You know? Oh, and absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And that's I don't, it's, I don't think it's important to hear the caution in that because mm. um, not always – quick isn't always good. No. But when we do see advantage, rolling advantage out into the network mm. as quickly as possible is for the best interests of health. Mm. It must be um, once proven and once once mm. diligent. That's right. Um, Twelve years, fifteen years, seventeen years is um, less time than most of the prolific tech companies that we know have been in existence. Instagram, mm. Facebook, YouTube, Snapchat—all you know. I mean, what two thousand and seven? I think Facebook was was brought around. But you look at the impact that's had on the world, albeit not within health. Mm. Um, but that said, it still had a massive impact, and therefore. Ha- would you want to stifle that amount of impact in another, mm. in another sector? Mm. Uh, arguably, arguably not, but mm. with the right safeguards. Yeah, and uh, what, what New Zealand, what I'm seeing in New Zealand, um, we, we've got a real positive um, development here of clinicians who who are, are and are increasingly becoming more tech savvy. So they're understanding, you know, how what they do as a clinician, and then how technology can help them, can enable them. And, and better, you know. So mm. that I think New Zealand's kind of, let's say the, the not the number eight wire effect, but it's more the the uh, the willingness to collaborate and, yep. and and have relationships and have some discussions, and then um, and what I call sometimes they have to be mature or adult conversations, and and every both both parties or all parties need to understand, you know, if we don't put things on the table and address them, then. We're just going to keep skirting around right. them, which yep. can also tend to be a bit of a kiwi trait. Yep. So, so I, I'm constantly trying to encourage people to say, "Look, if there's a problem, well, then let's talk it through, find a solution." You yep. know, and I, and I think um, you talked about the big platforms and so forth. Um, New Zealand's size, in a way, precludes, you know, the, the you know, in terms of the public health sector, um, the, the the only attractiveness for say the the large you know say the the uber healths and the sure, apple yeah. health is to you and and this happens in new zealand anyway is just just to use us as a guinea pig yep. um and test stuff out for the for the rest of the world uh, n- none of those large uh, multinationals are going to make a fortune out of just right. new zealand yep. um, but we can take advantage of that as well i think there's a pl- uh, so i'm not an advocate for just new zealand um, i'm an advocate for saying we've got some fantastic 
inventors and and tech people that just do do stuff that blows my mind, frankly. Um, but we've got to draw on 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 what's happening in the other parts of the world as Absolutely. well. Microsoft's yeah. a good example. I think you're working with them. Absolutely. And yeah, uh, you know, I think their commitment to countries, you know, kind of like think globally but act locally yep. type approaches is fantastic. And New Zealand needs to be taking advantage of it. Uh, taking advantage of yeah, that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. No, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Scott, thank you very much for coming to see us today. Um, for those of you who are listening that want to engage with NZ Hit, find out more about membership, uh, engage with Scott, Scott yourself, yep. um, where would be the best place for people uh, to go to for resources? Yeah, go to the website. So so obviously www.nzhit.nz and uh, uh, yeah, you can contact us through that. Yep. Give me a call. Um, Give me a call. Yeah, we'll make yeah. sure your, your details yeah, are on the, on, the, on the link to the, <laughs> the, the podcast. Yeah. Um, again, thank you very much for your time. I know it's uh, a chunk of time out of your day when you guys have got a lot of stuff going on. A fascinating topic, which I think we could just talk about for hours <laughs> sure. and hours and hours. So thank you very much. And um, we'll look forward to having you on uh, another podcast at some time. Absolutely. My pleasure. Oh, I've enjoyed it. Thank you. Great. Thanks, Scott. Yeah.